And I, I forgot what kind of church we are. A church that is committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. And I had, my idea was, I have a, a list. We've gone through three already. And I was going to finish the list, and there were four or five others. And I thought, well, I just, just lump them all together, get it over with, and move on to the sharing part. And the Spirit of God dealt with my heart about one specific characteristic of serving. And that's what we're going to uh, deal with this morning. And of all of them, it's probably the most important. So aren't you glad your pastor is, you know, I could be more sensitive to, to God. All of us could. But I'm glad that the Spirit of God got my attention. And I want the Spirit of God to get your attention today. I might give you one scripture that might just hit home and, and bear witness with your heart, then that's good. And uh, so I want to begin by reading to you from Matthew 20 and 28, and I'll give you the two foundational scriptures that we've been using the last few weeks. It says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be what? Served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And that, as I said before, in a nutshell, fits our mission statement. Christ came to serve and to give. What are we called at Harvest Church to do? To serve and to give. Then there's another scripture, and this is where the disciples are arguing about who's the greater one. It says, there was a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs is he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table, or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table, yet I am among you as the one who serves? We said the word serve means to be sold out. Sold out, lock, stock, and barrel means to be totally committed to serving and pleasing his master. It's having an attitude of excellence, doing your job with seriousness and responsibility, and being consistently fervent committed, and enthusiastic in attitude. So, you know, it's important, whatever we do in life, on the job, at church, our attitude should project, amen, Christ. We, should, we said also that we should be devoted to the interests of others, delighted in the prosperity, honor, and happiness of someone besides self. We gave you the first three, the requirements of serving God. We should serve God with some of our heart, all of our heart. We should serve God with absolute loyalty, amen? And then we, we dealt with attitude. We said we should be fervent in spirit. Our attitude should be on fire when we're serving God, amen? Now, look at Galatians chapter 5. In fact, I was, thought it was interesting this morning, <coughs> what, what, of all the things we sung about today, what did we really sing about? 
testing you. What, what stood out in the songs? Maybe it was just me. Should we sing it all again? And Love. I want to go through, and <clears throat> this is the fourth one, and this is the one I was, you know, going to kind of skip over and go through each one, and, and this is the one that the Spirit of God got my attention, and we're going to look at some characteristics of love. And here we have in Galatians, this is the chapter where the legalists are saying, yeah, you need Christ, but the Gentiles still need to be circumcised. And we're saved by grace. Amen? It's not because we follow the letter of the law. And so there was a great dispute in the church there in this region about this because the legalists said you had the Judaizers Judaizers said one thing and then the apostle Paul and the apostles were saying another thing and so there was a lot of friction so here in Galatians chapter 5 I'm not going to read it all but look at verse 7 <clears throat> he says you ran well who hindered you from obeying the truth this persuasion does not <clears throat> come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you and the Lord that you'll have no other mind, but he who troubles, you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty... Only do not use liberty, liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but what? Through what? But through love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Galatians exposes the perils of legalism and establishes the truth, the essential truth of salvation by faith alone. And I wrote this, wrote this down out of a commentary. It says, Christian freedom is not the removal of moral restraints, but the freedom to serve one another. The gospel exchanges the oppressive bondage of legalism for the higher bondage of love. You and I, bottom line, serve God and other believers not because we feel obligated to, but, but because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So, you know, we can have certain laws in, in the church. You've got to do this, this, and this, and you've got to dress this way and act this way and talk this way, but it all comes down to the condition of your heart. It all comes down to the condition of my heart. Why do we serve, bottom line? Because we love God and we love each other. That's it. That's what's so, why it's so important. You and I serve God and other believers not because we feel obligated to, but because we have the love nature on the inside of us. Would you agree with that? Now, agape love, here's the definition I had in, <coughs> in the, my Greek definition in my Bible. <coughs> it says, 
it describes the unconditional love God has for the world. So God loves you and I. We sang about it today. God loves a sinner, does he not? He loved, for God so loved the world. It's unconditional love. It always seeks the highest good of the other person. No matter what he does, it is the self-giving love that gives freely without asking anything in return and does not consider the, the worth of its object. We serve at Harvest Church because we're born of love. Now look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, look at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We serve at Harvest Church. We serve one another. We serve God. We serve each other. We serve our community, whatever we do. Because it's the natural expression of the recreated spirit. You can't help but serve if you truly love God. Now, I understand there are serving gifts. I have a serving gift. Not everybody has a serving gift. That means a serving gift. You're able to see a need. Amen? And know that it has to be taken care of. You have to be sensitive to that, especially as a pastor. You need to be sensitive to people and their needs. But if, if you're truly a born-again child of God, if you're truly a believer and you love God, you can't separate that love and service. It goes together. If you truly love God, you're going to serve Him. Now, I realize we all have <coughs> good days and bad days. You know, I'm, my sister has Alzheimer's. And uh, I try to check, call her, and I'll be going to see her this week. But uh, she called and crying. And she just just realized the scope of this disease. And what it's doing, it's, it's crea it creates friction in your marriage, marriage partner. Do you know what, what it would be like to live with somebody with Alzheimer's? So it's not only hard on her, but it's hard on her, my brother-in-law. And I encourage him to get out and go play golf. And he works part-time. You've got to get out and do those things. But, you know... I tried to share with her and communicate with her about the love of God. And it doesn't make any difference what she's going through. God loves you unconditionally. You're going to get through this day by day. Take a day at a time. And, and 
what she needed was encouragement. And let me tell you, people, there are, there are folks out there which you cross paths with every day, whether it be at the grocery store, whether it be on the job, wherever you're at, you need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and encourage Him. That's what the love of God will do. So if you're truly a believer, and I'm truly a believer, we're going to serve others. We're going to be there to encourage and uplift other people. If you have, well, I won't get ahead of myself. Look at 1 John chapter 3. You're there. Look over a chapter. These are some characteristics of love. Love fulfills the law. That was the first one. The second one is it's proof of salvation. 1 John 3.10, it says, In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know, look at verse 14, we know that we pass from death to life because we what? Love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Now, I want you to remember, and I'm, when we're talking about the love aspect, every time I'm reading love, you could put the word serve because love and serve goes together. He who does not love his brother or sister abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Love and righteousness are evidence of your salvation. So if you, it's, this is a good way to tell whether you're really born again. If you have trouble loving people, if you and I have trouble expressing encouragement and compassionate to people, if we have trouble serving people, then we really need to check up on our hearts and find out the condition of our heart. Remember, if you're truly a born-again child of God, service and love is, is a natural expression of your recreated spirit. John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples because you argue amongst yourselves. <laughs> no, he says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's a proof of your discipleship. If you love one another, is it easy to love people sometimes? How many of you got somebody in your life and family that you find it difficult to love? We all do. Some of us even have trouble loving ourselves. But that's how the world's going to know we're the real deal. It's because of our love and our service. I'm so, I am as a pastor, and, and I'm, I thank Jasmine and I thank Julie and how they brought this night to shine together. I can't think of a better way 
to express our love and service than that. Amen? And I think the Father is proud of you too. Because a lot of these people, you know, are unloved. They're not loved and appreciated as they should be. And, and they have, you know, some of them have a good life and some of them don't. So my hat's off to, to all of you that work and, and contribute to that great event. That's proof of your salvation. Amen? Look at 1 John 2. We're in 1 John Guess why we're in 1 John? Because he was the apostle of what? Love. 1 John 2 and verse 3. So the first one I gave you, we're motivated by love. Some of the characteristics, love fulfills the law. Love is, you know, proof of salvation. And it's proof of knowing God. 1 John 2, verse 3, it says, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And what did Jesus do? Those three years that we, he was on planet earth, he served. What did he do with the disciples? He called them together. You know, he was constantly keeping them in line, but he, he, he girded himself with a towel, and what did he do? He washed their feet. So he was the ultimate example of a servant leader. Our knowledge and love of God will be evident by our obedience to his word and love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our knowledge of and love of God will be evident by obedience to his word. Now, we're talking about serving and love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not to simply talk about love, but to love practically by giving and caring for those who are in need. You can talk the talk, I can talk the talk, but you need to walk the walk. If you and I truly know and love Jesus, then we're going to live and love and serve as he did. As he is, so are we in this world. Let me say that again. If you and I truly know and love Jesus, then we're to live and love and serve as he did. I think this is interesting here, and I saw this, and I guess I never looked at it this way. Look at verse 5 again. It says, but whoever keeps his word. Now, we're talking about being obedient to his word. Truly, the love of God is what? What's it say? My Bible says perfected in him. In the margin of my Bible, it says has been completed. Bottom line, obeying and obeying God, obeying his commandments, 
serving God, serving his body, will cause you and I to grow up in love. In other words, if we're obedient in doing what God has called us to do, it'll speed up the, matu- the process of maturing. Did you get that? How many of you want to grow up spiritually and mature? Then we need to know him. But the example of that that I gave you is we're going to be obedient to do the things that we know we're supposed to do. Now, <coughs> I gave the example about, you know, the, the servant that or the two brothers, you know, one said, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to do it. And then he thought about it a while, and then what did he do? He repented and he served. Comparing the, the Jews and, 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 and the Gentiles. And all of us, how many have ever had an attitude when you've been asked to do something? You want me to raise my hand? I'll lead the way. We get this attitude, oh, God, they got to do this. They got to do that again. You know, I, I began, began to think, <coughs> I, I can't, this is, I'll just fess up. I came to church yesterday, and uh, Micah was going to come out and mow, and so I thought, well, I'd weed eat ahead of him and get that done. And I went across the way, and there's the playground, the toddler's pre- playground, the priest, or the what am I trying to say? What's over there? Daycare, thank you. And it was a mess. And there were toys all over. And one day she, Amy would come out. She's not here today. I don't care if she hears this. She says, hi there, good looking. I thought, well, I wonder what you want. And it, was, it was funny. She says, well, can I pay you to mow that and clean that? I said, no, I'll do it for you. I didn't know what I was getting into. And lately, it just, the grass had died and the weeds had grown up and there were toys all over the place and chalk that you used to write on the, all over. And it had rained and it was a mess and my weed eater wasn't working. Teelan, I was tempted to take that thing and just go, and I thought, that's not very pastoral. Ron, you, can, you understand, don't you? And I'm thinking to myself, this, I'm having this talk in my head. Next time I see her, I'm going to tell her to get her poop in a group and get that cleaned out of there and those toys put away so I don't have to move them. And, oh, man, I was just, by the time I was, my line, and I'd done something with the weed eater, and the line kept kicking out, and I had to go back and put new line on it. And by this time, I'm just, do you understand? You ever been there? Somebody maybe you're nicer than I probably are. <laughs> and then I got a hold of myself. I thought, this is what I'm talking to myself in my head. I'm thinking, 20 years ago, I would have thrown that weed eater. 
or taken it and whacked it on the cement. Now, the thought came to me, but I'm thinking, have I matured in love? Maybe a little bit because I didn't throw the weed eater. And I'm having this talk in my, it's like the devil's here, you know, and the angel's over here speaking to you, and you're having this battle going on. And then I had an epiphany. I forgot about the toys and the chalk. And I forgot about Amy. And I thought about those kids. They greet me every day when I pull up in my truck and get out, and they're looking out the window. Hi, you're, he, one of them calls me, it's the man. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> I thought, you got that right, kid. I'm the man. One of them calls me, it's hard to understand, Papa Mike. And I melted <laughs> man I was upset but what happened the love of God got a hold of me and no longer was I you know I was as <laughs> close to texting Amy she's a texter She's a real texter. If you're listening to this, Amy, you're a real texter. I thought, I'm going to call her. Just say, I'm done. I quit. Then I had a thought, I'm going to let you pay me. You can pay me for doing this. You volunteered. You can pay me. But it, but it, I didn't do that. And it looks better, doesn't it? If you look over there, it, it looks all right. We got it cleaned up and picked up, and I moved stuff around. And Micah, bless his heart, was mowing, and he, he knew I was mad. <laughs> oh, I said a word, didn't I, Micah? Okay. Are you getting it? That's what the love of God will do. Let's jump ahead. I want to. I want to go to this one. Look at Second Corinthians. This is this is the last one. I won't give them all to you, but this is the important one because this ties in with what I just shared with you. How many of you before Jesus were hotheads? Hotheads. What do you mean by hothead? How many of you had anger issues? Oh, come on. Majority of the church. <laughs> what you got your hand up for? <laughs> you have hot head issues? I can't cast it out of you. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to go through life. You'll get to that point where you can decide whether you're going to throw the weed eater or not. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 5. You know, sometimes... Folks, I think I've arrived and I've really grown. And things like yesterday, I just want to think, well, what's the use? That's why people like Anthony Bourdain hang themselves. Did you see that? 
See, the world, there's no hope. We got hope in Jesus. We have love with Jesus. Boy, this, this is a powerful scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says in verse 14, for the love of Christ, what does your Bible say? Compels us. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer, should no longer, should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Now that <coughs> word in the compel in the Greek, this is an interesting word. It means to hold together, to grip tightly. In every use of the word, there's a sense of constraint, a tight grip that prevents our escape. Remember, he says, the love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ, now listen, leaves us no choice except to live our lives for him. What, what's that mean? It means the love of Christ had me yesterday. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> I don't know. I, we could use a new weeder anyway. I mean, I could have thrown it, and that would have been a good justify. We needed one anyway. But the love of Christ got a hold of me because the love of Christ is shed abroad in my heart. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. The love of Christ leaves us no choice except to live our lives for him. Let me say that again. The love of Christ leaves us no choice except to live our lives for him. I can't quit. You can't quit. The love of Christ constrains you, compels you, has a tight grip on you. You can get mad. You and I can get in the flesh, but it doesn't make any difference. God's love never gives up on us. 1 John 4.19 says, We love him <clears throat> because he first loved us. God gives us the ability to love him. That's even given to us by God. So we can't escape love. I want to, I'll close with this. I want to read this to you from Brenda Kuhneman's devotional, and it's a good way to end. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Jesus said that one of the biggest temptations of the last days, now are you listening? One of the biggest temptations of the last days would be that our love for each, for each other would begin to show signs of growing cold. Let that sink in. That's a sign of the last days. People's love growing cold. He said it would wax cold like a candle that has burned out the wax then becomes cold, hard, and provides no warmth or, or light. 
You see, the way the world will know that we're genuinely Christians is not by how many people attend our churches or by our good music or preaching. They will know we're true followers of Christ because of one simple fact, that we love each other unselfishly. When the world would rather revert to backbiting, gossip, betrayal, finger-pointing, we choose to stay in unity and love. The ability to do that will make them stand up and take notice because it is a true supernatural act in a world filled with hate. Is the world filled with hate? To win the world, we need love toward one another in our churches, families, marriages, and ministries. It is in that atmosphere of love that the presence of God will abide. And you can be certain that wherever God abides, there will be no hindrances to miracles, answered prayer, and blessings. Love will release the supernatural. So let your love abound today. Love will release the supernatural, the miraculous. So, you know, I fessed up today. I confess my sin to you of what I did yesterday. But I look out and I know you're all human beings and you miss it too. I made the wife mad last night, and that's not why she's not here. She's not feeling good. But I'd worked all day hot and tired and frustrated. Well, yesterday was one of the best day, Carl. It just wasn't. We all have those days. And so I snapped at her. Boy, this is really a confession time, isn't it? And, you know, she wasn't feeling good to begin with. And then I did that. And then I really felt like an ass. Did you ever feel that way? Yeah. So I had to repent. And I had to say I'm sorry. But with the wife, when you say I'm sorry, it's not like her reply is, I love you and I forgive you and I accept you the way you are. It's just silence. Is that the way it is in the via? Just leave you know, German, just leave, don't say, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. So I went to the shop. I went to the shop a lot yesterday. <laughs> Let's stand our feet this morning. I gave you, uh, I gave you a lot to think about. I'm sure thinking about things. Now you're saying, I would never throw the weed eater. I would never talk back to the wife and snap at her. Never. Come up here and I'll pray for you. Because you're about to experience it this week. Don't ever say that. Because you'll be set up big time. Let's, let's allow our love to abound one toward another. More and more in the days ahead. Let's serve because we love God. And that love and service is a natural expression of our recreated spirit. Father, I thank you. Everyone lift your hands today. Father, I shared with your people from my heart today. I pray I said one thing that 
that hit home that made sense to them. Lord, help us. Strengthen us in the inner man that we would walk as our Lord and Master walked planet Earth. Loving, caring, showing compassion and service. Not because we have to, because we desire to. Faith works by love. So if we're not in love, our faith will not work. I realized areas that I've missed it, Father, and I've already asked your forgiveness. But I do this today to be an example to your people that when they do miss it, just cry out for forgiveness. And you said you would forgive and cleanse us from all of our sin. So, Lord, help us walk as Jesus walked this week. Help us to serve with the right heart's attitude. And everyone that desired that in Jesus' name said, Amen, Amen. Do you need prayer? You want me to pray for your ear? Poor girl, you need to hear. Father, I pray for this ear in Jesus' name. What's impairing that hearing will go, dissolve, be gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Are you coming up with a baby? What's wrong? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lose that healing anointing today. We command that infection to go. Healing be loosed in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You're good right now, sound asleep. Well, go out and walk in love. And just remember, I'm not going to be 